0: tempted and tried we're oft made to wonder why it should Lily. I
1: Greetings and welcome to Farther Along. This service is an offering from Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, to assist your daily devotions through a series of meditations on Luther's small catechism. This eight-week series takes a few moments to reflect upon what God has given us to believe, teach, and confess through His humble servant, Martin Luther. Today's devotion follows the order of matins found on page 219 in the Lutheran service book. Matins is a traditional morning service that the Church has used in daily devotions for centuries. It focuses the mind upon the beginning of the day that the Lord has made. May the Word of God that will be shared in this devotion richly bless you through the Word incarnate, Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver,
3: Blessed be God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, come, let us worship. His presence with with thanksgiving Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs. Son and the Holy Spirit who come let us worship. Him.
1: Today's office hymn is Here We Are but Straying Pilgrims.
4: Here we are but straying pilgrims, here our path is often dim, but to cheer us on our journey still we sing this wayside hymn. Yonder over the rolling river where the shining mansions rise, soon will be our home forever and the smile of the blessed giver gladdens all our longing eyes. Here our feet are often weary on the hills that throng our way. Here the tempest darkly gathers, but our hearts within us say, yonder over the rolling river where the shining mansions rise, soon will be our home forever, and the smile of the blessed giver gladdens all our longing eyes. Here our souls are often fearful of the pilgrim's lurking foe, but the Lord is our defender, and he tells us we may know. Yonder over the rolling river, where the shining mansions rise, soon will be our home forever, and the smile of the blessed giver gladdens all our longing eyes.
1: Today's small catechism reading is the ninth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. What does this mean? We should fear and love God, so that we do not scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house, or get it in a way in which only appears right, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. Today's large catechism reading comes from the Ten Commandments, paragraphs 300 to 308. This last commandment, therefore, is given not for cheaters in the eyes of the world. It is for the most pious, who want to be praised and be called honest and upright people for they have not offended against the former commandments as especially the jewish people claim to live and are even now many great noblemen gentlemen and princes for the other common masses belong yet further down under the seventh commandment as people who are hardly concerned about whether they gain their possessions with honor and right as people who are hardly concerned about whether they gain their possessions with honor and right now this happens most often in cases that are brought into court where it is the purpose to get something from our neighbor and to force him from his property. For example, when people quarrel and wrangle about a large inheritance, real estate, or such, they help themselves and resort to whatever appears right. They dress and adorn everything so that the law must favor their side. They keep the property with such title that no one can complain or lay claim to it. In the same way, if anyone wants to have a castle, city, duchy, or any other great thing, he makes many financial deals through relationships, by any means he can, so that the owner is legally deprived of the property. It is awarded to the other person and confirmed with deed and seal and declared to have been acquired by princely title and honesty. In common trade, one carefully slips something out of another's hand so that the latter must watch out, or one person surprises and cheats another in a matter where he sees advantage and benefit for himself. Then the person who is cheated, perhaps on account of distress or debt, cannot regain or redeem the property without damage. The other person gains the half or even more. Yet this property must not be considered as taken by fraud or stolen, but honestly bought. Here they say, first come, first served. And everyone must look to his own interest, let another get what he can. Who can be so smart to come up with all these ways in which one can get many things into his possession by such believable arguments? The world does not consider this wrong, and will not notice that the neighbor is placed at a disadvantage by this, by sacrificing what he cannot spare without harm. Yet no one wishes for someone to do this to himself. From this we can easily see that such devices and arguments are false. And the same was done in former times also with respect to wives. They knew such tricks, that if one were pleased with another woman, he personally, or through others, as there were many ways and means to be invented, caused her husband to become displeased with her for he had her resist her husband and act in such a way that he was obliged to dismiss her and let her go to the other man. That sort of thing undoubtedly prevailed much under the law, as we read in the Gospel about King Herod. He took his brother's wife while he was still living, yet Herod wanted to be thought of as an honorable, pious man, as St. Mark also testifies about him. But such an example, I trust, will not happen among us, for in the New Testament those who are married are forbidden to get divorced except there is the case where one man shrewdly by some trick takes away a rich bride from another man. But it is not a rare thing with us that one estranges or alienates another's manservant or maidservant or lures them away with flattering words. In whatever way such things happen, we must know that God does not want you to deprive your neighbor of anything that belongs to him, so that he suffer the loss and you gratify your greed with it. This is true even if you could keep it honorably before the world. For it is a secret and sly trick done under the hat, as we say, so it may not be noticed. Although you go your way as if you had done no one any wrong, you have still injured your neighbor. If it is not called stealing and cheating, it is called coveting your neighbor's property, that is, aiming at possession of it, luring it away from him without his consent, and being unwilling to see him enjoy what God has granted him. Even though the judge and everyone must let you keep it, God will not let you keep it. For he sees the deceitful heart and the world's malice, which is sure to take an extra-long measure wherever you yield to her a finger's breadth. Eventually, public wrong and violence follow. The reading from Holy Scripture comes to us from the book of 1 Kings, chapter 21. Now Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And after this Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near my house, and I will give you a better vineyard for it. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its value in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab went into his house, vexed and sullen because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed, and turned his face away, and would eat no food. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so vexed that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if it please you I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said to him, Do you now govern Israel? Arise and eat bread and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, and sealed them with his seal, and she sent the letters to the elders and the leaders who lived with Naboth in his city. And she wrote in the letters, Proclaim a fast, and set Naboth at the head of the people, and set two worthless men opposite him, and let them bring a charge against him, saying, You have cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. And the men of the city, the elders and the leaders who lived in his city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them. As it was written in the letters that she had sent to them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. And two worthless men came in and sat opposite him. And the worthless men brought a charge against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death with stones. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned, he is dead." As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give to you for money, for Naboth is not alive, but dead. And as soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, to the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. This morning's commentary on the Holy Scripture comes to us from Ambrose's book on Naboth. The story of Naboth is old in time, but daily in practice. For who of the rich does not daily covet the goods of others? Who of the wealthy does not strive to drive off the poor person from his little acre and turn out the needy from the boundaries of his ancestral field? Who is content with his own? What rich person's heart is not set on fire by a neighbor's possession? Not, therefore, was Ahab born, but what is worse, daily is Ahab born and never dies in this world. If one perishes, many others spring up. There are more to steal than there are to suffer loss." Not one poor man Naboth was killed. Daily Naboth is struck down. Daily is a poor person put to death. Alarmed by this fear, the human race is now departing from its lands. The poor man, carrying his latest born wanders forth with his little ones. His wife follows in tears, as if accompanying her husband to his tomb. Less, however, does she grieve who weeps over the bodies of her dead. For although she is not her sons, yet she does not mourn for exiles. She does not groan at the hunger of her tender brood, which is worse than death. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
2: Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Thank you. and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.
1: Thank you once again for listening to Farther Along, an outreach of Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. You are invited to join us each Sunday at 4201 Regent Avenue North right off the intersection of Highway 100 and 42nd Avenue. Just look for Jesus blessing the travelers along the highway. Our worship services are 9 a.m. We have Bible classes for all ages starting at 1030. Everyone is welcome to hear the Word of God as He seeks to bless you as you journey through this world. The liturgical parts of the service today have been taken from recordings of the Seminary Contrae from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Farther Along was recorded by Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt. The hymn of the day has been taken from public domain sources and linked to the readings for the day. On behalf of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, I encourage you to be back next time to hear another edition of Farther Along.